We've been studying a, um, a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and, uh, and it started, oh, unofficially, started uh, three weeks ago, where we looked at the, the health of a tree. And two weeks ago, we, we looked at the, the significance of the Holy Spirit, the, the born ultimatum of, uh, of, of our life with the Holy Spirit. And last week, Tanya looked at love, joy, peace, and patience. Now, Tan got all the cool ones, and I got the dud ones. Kindness. Kindness, like that's kindness. Isn't that what you kind of tell little kids at kinder to do so they play nicely together? And, and, and goodness is apparently found in up and go. Um, it's got the goodness of two wheat bix and milk or something. Faithfulness is, is the old guy that, uh, that, that mows the lawns at the bowls club every, uh, every fortnight. And gentleness is his wife who, uh, who bakes scones and, and, uh, and smiles at people as he waves at them as they go past. The, uh, I mean, we, we all want love. We all want joy. Um, we all want peace. Patience, yeah, I could use more of that. But these ones, not so sure about. They're kind of like almost a second tier. When I was in year nine, I had a friend called Damien. And I enjoyed hanging out with Damien, but he was a bit of a target for the year 10 boys. They knew that if they, as we walked along the corridor, if they bumped him into the, the lockers, he'd react. He'd kind of jump up and... Urgh. And so he was a target to them. He didn't do anything. He, wasn't, he, he didn't provoke it, but he responded. He was good at that. And uh, I didn't know what to do because it happened all the time. Every time you walk through the Year 10 corridor to your classroom, he'd get slammed into the lockers. And it wasn't fair. So what I decided to do is to go to the year-level coordinator. After hours, when no other kids were there, I went in trembling and explained what had happened. Now, I wasn't scared of the year-level coordinator. He was an all right guy. What I was scared of was being called a dibber-dobber. I was a, a goody two-shoes, someone that, you know, was sticking up for my friend, but in a way that wasn't very cool. And unfortunately, these attributes have that idea in us. There's this inbuilt thing that they're kind of not very cool. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Where's the macho things? Where's the, you know, heroic things? They're not very heroic. And in some senses, maybe part of our childhood of being afraid of being goody two-shoes or whatever it is, there's a certain resistance to these things. Now, as you grow up, they become more valuable. You recognise that. But there's still that resistance. And the question I want to ask this morning is a really simple question. Do you want this fruit? And it's something that on the surface you kind of go, yeah, of course. That, isn't that obvious? Like, yeah. But I don't want to make this an intellectual exercise this morning because it's very easy to go, well, it's in the Bible it says it, so therefore I want it. It's actually a much deeper question about our attitudes and about our heart's desires than an intellectual exercise. 
So to make it easier, rather than going through each of the fruit and doing the intellectual, intellectual exercise, which, by the way, isn't a bad thing. Bible study, I'm all up for Bible study. And I did think this week, if anyone has never been taught or, or walked through different processes of how to study the Bible, please come and see me. I'd hate for us to skip over that part of the important part of, of being a disciple is, is studying your Bible. So I'm not downplaying Bible study. This morning's just, that's not what it's about. So what I've done is I've put together each of the fruit of the Spirit, alternative versions for different translations, um, the Greek word, which again, if you're not into Bible study, that will mean nothing to you, but it's important. Um, the definition and some Bible verses that use that word. So if you want afterwards to grab one of them, that's the study part of the morning. Um, so where are we? Um, so as I say, I'm not downplaying it, but come and grab one afterwards because um, it's important, but not this morning. The thing is, these... I'll just go, go back to here. These are all expressions of the fruit. And, and all of them are expressions of love. So you can see love in the expression of joy, love in the expression of peace, love in the expression of patience, in kindness, in goodness, in faithfulness, in gentleness and self-control. We look in Corinthians and it has the opposite. It says, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud. They're, they're, they're interchangeable in a sense that they're all expressions of love. And if we look at the heart of this fruit, this isn't a byproduct of knowing God. This isn't um, a side effect of, of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. This isn't a means to an end. This is the end game. Love is what Jesus' agenda or God's agenda was, is, and will be. And I think if, if you think about it, we, we were created in God's image. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It's in our DNA. The two greatest commandments, what are they? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbour as yourself. Um, Jesus' death and resurrection, John 3.16. Does anyone know it? For God so loved the world. You will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. God sent his Holy Spirit and Jesus described that as he was the advocate. His purpose is to, to remind you of what Jesus taught. Spiritual gifts are not an end of themselves. They're an instrument of love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it said, Now these three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It's, it's a real challenging perspective to have. Because I know for myself... My agenda isn't always love. So when I say, do you want this? 
is this fruit what you want? It's actually a much deeper question than something that you just think about. Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went out to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilise it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. We see two beautiful pictures here. The first picture is one of if a tree doesn't bear fruit, it gets cut down. Fruit is the end game. But the other part of the beautiful picture is that it has another year. There is grace and hope and love. God gives in his own fruit. He bestows his fruit upon us, that grace and love that is his, in his image. And so it's a challenging picture, but it's a beautiful picture. I, um, I have a little bit of a, a bugbear with a particular word. And, um, and that word is potential. Now, I get why people use it, and it makes sense to me in the context. But a broken car beside a road has potential. A, a, a deflated basketball has potential. The word potential is like the trees in the vineyard. They have potential to produce fruit. But it's a dangerous word because unless the tree wants to produce fruit, the, the potential is pointless. It's hollow. It's like a flat basketball. It has the potential to bounce around and be used. It's like a car beside the road. It has a potential to be driven and be utilised and, and be used for what it was designed for but it's no use sitting beside a road. The basketball's no use without any air in it. Do you want this fruit? I had a funny experience. Well, it wasn't funny at the time, but I was leaving work, which is in Richmond, and I went to Richmond Station to catch the train to pick up the car from the mechanics. They leave it out the front after they service it, um, and... Um, and I just take a spare set of keys and unlock it after work. So it was about quarter past six, and I was heading to the station, and it turned out there was a fire at the station, and they locked the station down. I went, okay, this is a bit of a problem. The next best option is to go to South Yarra Station. So I'll walk, I'll catch a tram, I'll get around to South Yarra Station. No trains at South Yarra. They said trains are running from Caulfield. So, okay. Um, they said the best way to go is to go down to St Kilda Road and catch a tram. There's trams that go to Caulfield from there. So caught a tram to St Kilda Road. The whole city is trying to get out on those trams. There was no room on those trams. And it was at that point that I watched and I saw the despair, the frustration, the anger on people's faces and I went, this is where I'm heading. I said, Lord, I want your fruit right now. And an amazing thing happened. Because when I really wanted it, he gave it to me. I helped direct a few people. Um, still going nowhere. I wasn't going anywhere. For about 20 minutes I stood there and watched trams go past and 
and help frustrated people say, well, this is what's happening and this is why there's no trams and just to calm a few people down. I went, well, there's no use me being here because I'm not going anywhere. I may as well go back to, to um, South Yarra Station and, um, and at least the trains might have started up again, I don't know, and, or buses, they might have provided replacement buses. Nothing happened at South Yarra. And how am I going to get to Caulfield? I could walk. I got the time. Um, so I thought, oh, well, there's a tram that will take me halfway over there and I'll walk the other. So I ended up walking and catching a tram to Caulfield Station. And I got to Caulfield Station, and we've now a few hours have passed. Um, I actually, I met a guy along the way who was trying to do the same thing. And we struck up a conversation and we had a fantastic time just, just con conversing. Um, I went, thank you, Lord, this is, this is good. You've produced fruit out of this kind of annoying situation. Got to Caulfield, jumped on a bus, which took me to where I needed to be in Clayton for the mechanic. It's 10.30 now, and my car's not there. <laughs> okay, Lord, I asked you for this fruit. It's getting tougher now. I'm not enjoying this very much. So I, went to the, I rang up the mechanic, which, thank God, I had his mobile number. I have no idea why I have got his mobile. He doesn't publish it anywhere. I have no idea why his mobile number is in my phone, but it is. And he said, oh, sorry, we had some hail this afternoon and we put the car back in to protect it from the hail, but we forgot to put it out for you. Do you want to pick it up tomorrow? <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm, Tanya's got to use it first thing in the morning. This isn't really very convenient, but he's going, I'm sorry, I live down in Turidan. I'm not going to be able to come back in to pick it up. Okay, Lord, I need some patience here. So again, I jumped on another bus, another train, and by about half past 12 at night, I'd got home without a car, six hours to get from work to home. But you would not believe the peace and the joy that I had and the things that I was able to see in that journey of God's hand at work. I was blown away because there's times which it's kind of convenient. But in this six-hour period, because it wasn't over yet, I had to catch, get up early, catch the train back in, get the car and take it back to Tan before I left for work the next morning. So it wasn't over, but there was an amazing sense of fruitfulness in that circumstance because I actually wanted it. And it blew me away. It really surprised me because there's a difference between wanting it and wanting it. And God met me in that circumstance. Now, I'm not saying that's the most, that's, you know, that's a first world problem, right? That's not the biggest issue in the world that people have. But it's a small example of where actually wanting it and God meeting you in that place. We often look at uh, this fruit and look at the opposite of these fruit. You know, love, hate, joy, despair. We come up with, with, with these concepts of what the opposite of these things are. But they're not actually the opposite of fruit. That is the opposite of this fruit. Doing nothing, apathy and indifference, is actually not being fruitful. And that's the challenge that we've got. To want the fruit is not about not being bad. It's not about going, well, I don't, I don't kind of, I'm not evil, so I'm all right. I'm not aggressive, so 
That's, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's actually wanting the fruit. There's a story we all know in the Bible, and this is the inspiration for this morning's message. Because it comes out of the two greatest commandments. Because, I'll read it to you. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. This is from Luke 10, for those writing notes. Teacher, he asked. This is an expert in the law, right? Guy who's got it up here. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Sounds pretty good. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? And this is the challenge we face. And this is the challenge we have this morning. Because we want to turn this into an exercise of self-justification. We want to turn this, and this is talking for myself, we want to turn this into something that separates me from the challenge of loving my neighbour. And this is Jesus' story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man... He passed by on the other side. Was he nasty? Was he evil? Was he a troublemaker? Was he impatient? He just did nothing. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who wasn't really a well-respected, well-liked person to the... To the um, teacher of the law that Jesus was talking to, as he travelled, came where the man was, and where he, when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he put the man on his own donkey, sorry, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for, an extra, for any extra expense you may have. Jesus then said, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Wasn't anyone's problem that was there, but it was there. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So we're set with this challenge. Do you want the fruit? Do you want the fruit? Every circumstance of every day, of every week, of every year, this is something that we're asked. And I know for myself, the honest answer is sometimes. Sometimes I want the fruit. But the Holy Spirit 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And the challenge that we have is, I don't think the Holy Spirit is not producing this fruit. But the challenge is that when I get in a situation and my answer is sometimes, I'm choosing when I listen to the Holy Spirit when I'm not. I get into that circumstance where I go, I can see where this is going, God. Can you please help me here? Can you give me the, remind me of the truth, remind me of those things. And he goes, yes, I will. And there's other times where I go, I don't want it today. Last, Tanya shared about Catherine's birthday last week. Well, part of that birthday, we have a tradition in our family where I make a cake, decorate a cake. I make two cakes a year um, for both of my kids for their birthdays. And it's an exciting thing for them. So there's been Buzz Lightyear and Iron Man and Last year, Catherine had a, had a, um, a princess castle thing, and, uh, and I really enjoy it. But this year, the theme was frozen, and I decided to make a snowman out of ice cream. Olaf, that's right. I'd wrestled with Olaf for two nights, Thursday and Friday night. I'd wrestled with this ice cream. And Olaf didn't want to behave, but I persisted. Catherine will really like this. It's a surprise. She'll really like this. Saturday morning, 10 o'clock birthday party. I'm up early to finish. The, the shape of Olaf is, is shaped and he just needs the icing and the bits on him to make him look like the snowman. They're all prepared, all ready to go. And I get to the freezer and Olaf has a little bit of a lean. I went, he's solid. It's okay. We'll be all right. I'm not going to correct this lean. He's got a lean, but that's, that's what we're working with. I decorated Olive, and as I went to put him in the freezer, he collapsed. Right at that point, I didn't want any fruit. In fact, Tanya had left the worship music playing. And do you know what my first thought was? This is my confession time. Turn off the music. I did not want the fruit. I wanted to sit in that spot and wallow in my suffering because I deserved that. It was my right. I'd invested hours into this thing and it was my right to be able to be angry. I deserved that. I didn't want the fruit. And that's the challenge that we're asking, I'm asking this morning. And you see, it's not a challenge that we all walk on our own. Again, a small example. It's a challenge that we're actually called to walk together in. It says in Hebrews 10.24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So not only am I asking, do I want the fruit? I'm asking, do you want the fruit? And do you want us to be accountable in that? Because as a church, I've pointed out before that the fruit is the end game. God's whole purpose is to show his love to us, for us to show our love to him, and for us to show love to others. If that's the purpose of why we're created, then we want the fruit. Not here, we want the fruit here. And so the challenge we've got is, is are we going to spur one another on? Are we going to stand with one another? Not to go, hey, hey, I'll have your fruit. 
I could always use a bit more love. Bring it over, test on me. But to stand with each other and go, hey, Scott, not sure that's, you know, do you want the fruit, mate? That's a, you know, struggling a bit there, mate. And Scott can say to me, oh, I don't know whether that's the right. But do, you, do you want the fruit? Is that what we're going for here? Is that where we're heading? And I'll give you a few clues as to whether you want the fruit. And someone corrects you or tells you that something's not amiss, you know straight away whether you want the fruit. <laughs> do you take it on or do you resist? Do you, do you then put up a wall and go, hey, I deserve to be angry. I was treated unjustly. That's, it wasn't fair. Yeah, maybe. You're right. Do you want the fruit? I can tell you other ways. When you get your tax return, a little bit of a bonus that you didn't expect to come in. Do you want the fruit? What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frustrated with your team on the footy field? When, um, when a client or, a, or, a, or a, um, someone you're in your workplace is irritating you, they do it all the time. They're just the same. They're not changing. And you're not in a position to change them. Do you want the fruit then? When your kids are annoying you, they're, they're, you've asked them to do something and they're ignoring you, do you want the fruit then? It's not, it's not a word of conviction. This isn't something to condemn us. It's, it's a word of, of hope, of, of um, Jesus' perspective and agenda. And it's a word that we go, we can aspire to that. Are we going to fall over? Yes. Is Jesus going to be gracious and model fruit to us again by giving us love and peace and patience and kindness? Yes. But it's something that we need to own, not as an intellectual exercise, but as a desire for our lives. And I want that for me. I want you to hold me accountable to that. And I hope you want me to hold you accountable to that. That as we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, what is he authoring? What is he perfecting? He's perfecting and authoring people that are in harmony with him. The reason this is fruit of the Spirit is because that's what the Spirit produces in us. And that's the rhythm that we want to get into. We want to be in rhythm with the Spirit and in rhythm with each other, that we can stand with each other and spur one another on to love and good deeds. I've heard it said that we meet people's felt needs so that we can meet their real needs. They're the same thing. Love and good deeds isn't a second fiddle to, to something else. Yes, the love of Christ is higher than the love of man. I'm not trying to downplay that relationship with God. But this desire for fruit is actually at the heart of our agenda. This is what will show you our disciple of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we can easily declare with our mouths and think in our heads that we want this fruit. But we come to you humbly now, Lord, and say, it's not always the case. Our lives don't reflect what we pay lip service to or we think in our minds, Lord God. And for that, we are sorry. Lord, we come to you now and we say, we want to be people 
who live with your fruit. We want, not in our minds, Lord, but in our hearts, to be people that bear your fruit. Lord, we know that it's the fruit of your Spirit. It's not by our own efforts, Lord God. We don't approach this and say, Lord, I'm going to try better tomorrow, Lord. Lord, we say, teach us. You sent your Spirit to remind us of your truth and to remind us of, of what Jesus did. And we need that reminder day by day, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Lord, we ask that when we're in the good times, when things are, we, we, we sense you close and we, we feel that things are going well, Lord God, we ask that in those times we will make a decision for the times when it's tough. That when, when the rubber hits the road, when the pressures hit, Lord God, when life's burdens come on us, Lord, it's in those times we want to say, yes, Lord, we want the fruit. They're the times we're at our weakest, Lord, and we ask you to be our strength. We thank you, Lord, for the way you've modelled this fruit to us first. The way you demonstrated love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. and self-control, Lord God. Lord, we want to be people who are kind, not in the childish kindness that we, we, we resisted as children, Lord God. We want to have hearts of compassion. Lord, we want to be people that shine your goodness, We want that to be integral in our actions, Lord. Lord, we want to be people that are gentle. Lord, we want to be meek, not weak. We want to be gentle in your strength. And Lord, we want to be people that are faithful. That don't just come and go, Lord. We want to Run this race with consistency, Lord God. From strength to strength. By your Spirit, Lord, do a work in us. In Jesus' name, amen.